Hi, this is Pastor Ben Fagelin from Activate Church. I'm so glad you're listening to this podcast. I hope this message inspires you, deepens your relationship with God, and that you're encouraged in your faith. We hope to see you soon at Activate. So I am going to say some words to you that I, I may not mean much to like 90% of the people in this room. So I encourage you, please stay with me because I will explain. And um, in all honesty, these words didn't mean much to me uh, before, around about the start of this year either. Now the words are Avatar, the last airbender. Okay, I can't believe that I'm saying this, but I've got a visual to help you. Now, Avatar The Last Airbender is um, an anime series for children. Um, But the thing is, is that when you start dating someone, right, you take an interest in the things that they are interested in. And Zach Hooper um, is very interested in Avatar The Last Airbender. In fact, we'll watch it multiple times a year and started by saying, look how good the ratings are on IMDb. I think that's a hint. You want to watch Avatar The Last Airbender. Now, the thing about Avatar The Last Airbender is um, Aang, the, uh, the kid that it follows that was up on the screen before, he is an airbender. So what that means, if you've never heard about it, yep, I know, um, he pretty much, he manipulates air um, for his benefit. So whether it's to have fun and create like this little air ball that he gets to run around on, or whether it's for battle, um, he is able to manipulate air. Now, the world that Aang lives in, there's also firebenders, there's earthbenders, and there's waterbenders, right? So there's different nations, and the fire nation has declared war, okay, on everyone else. So what Aang has to do, being not only an airbender, but actually the avatar, he has to learn how to do each of these things, to firebend, to earthbend, and also to waterbend, because he is the only one, being the avatar, that can do that, and that can save the world, okay? So it's actually a great story, but the thing is, is that even though, even, there are some people that, we're talking about avatar, the last airbender in church, um, even though, even though he has the ability to do all these things, he's the only one that does, because he's the avatar, right? He has to go to a master of each of these areas to learn. He has to go to a master to be able to tap into the potential that he has, right? And I think this is what the disciples did with Jesus, okay? Because the disciples realised something about Jesus. They realised that he was the master of prayer. He was an absolute master and they realised, you know, think about it. The religious leaders at the day of the day, they would have prayed, But yet there was something about Jesus that made the disciples go, how do we pray? And it's actually one of the first things that that they asked him to teach them was, Jesus, how do we pray? And I think we need to pay attention to that because there must be something so important about prayer and the way that Jesus prayed that we need to pay attention to. You know, I think that the disciples recognised the authority that Jesus had in his ministry. I think they recognised something so um, incredible about Jesus and the relationship that he had with the Father that it led them to, to connect that to the life of prayer that he had, to connect that to the prayer life that um, Jesus had. And today, you know, I, I would encourage you in your own time to um, look more into Jesus' response to them, to how he said to pray. It's where the Lord's Prayer is, and you can, in your own time, research that, look into it, because I think that um, that's really important. But today, we're actually not going to focus on that. We're going to focus um, on prayer. And even though you might be here thinking prayer, like I've been, you know, some of you might be, have been a Christian for a while, and you're like, I've heard about prayer, I know about prayer. Tune in, because I honestly feel like there is something in this message that each person can get out of it. So speaking of prayer, we're going to pray. 
and we're going to get into it. God, thank you so much um, for the joy that it is to have breath in our lungs. God, you are such a good God and we praise you this morning. Lord, and we pray that today as we hear your word, as we, as we look at what it is that you say about prayer, God, we pray that our hearts will be open, that our hearts will be soft towards you. God, challenge us this morning, teach us something new. May we all um, be able to learn something about you and go deeper in our relationship with you out of this day. In Jesus' name, amen. Awesome. So prayer is pretty cool, right? More or less prayer is conversation. It's conversation with God. And personally, I find it so exciting that we get to pray. Like sometimes we can look at prayers, oh, I haven't prayed, I have to pray. We get to pray. Like it's exciting. We get to have, you know, conversation. We get to talk with the God that created the universe, with the God that created you, that created me. He actually wants to have relationship with us and he actually wants to talk to us. And personally, I think that's so exciting. But yet, how many of us in this room today would say, if I was to say, oh, how often do you pray? I feel like majority of, a majority of us would probably say, oh, not enough. Whether you prayed once in your life or 50 times a day, would probably still say, oh, not enough. You know, I was actually um, at small group the other week and we were talking about how we are all called to live a life that's close to God. And the topic of prayer came up and we were saying, how, how much do you pray? And um, as, we, as we were talking about this, all of us are kind of like, oh, like, not enough. And I don't, I don't think that we are a select group. I think that as Christians, I think that we would all say, oh, no, like, pro- probably not enough. But I don't think that we don't understand that prayer is important. I think that we recognise that. As the disciples recognise that, I think that we recognise that too. But, you know, I mean, even our theme this year, it's by his spirit. Like, as a church, we recognise the importance of prayer. Like, by his spirit... How do we do that? Well, we, we pray. Like, we, that's, that's a whole part of prayer. Um, and so I suppose my aim is to convince us to, that it's, impor- it's important because I think that we know that. But my question is, if we know it's important, then why does it often seem so hard? If we know it's important, then why don't we do it more? And I think there are so many reasons that people don't pray. Maybe for you, you feel like it doesn't work. Maybe you've had um, what you felt like has been an unanswered prayer in your life and, you know, I feel like there's nothing more discouraging uh, or nothing more demotivating than being discouraged, right? As soon as something doesn't work, it's like, well, I tried that one time. Imagine if prayer was like an ATM, right? So you go, you put in your request and instantly the money comes out and you're like, good, I've got what I need, I'm good to go, yeah? Imagine if prayer was like that. I think our prayer lives would be out of control, but how many of us know that it isn't always so instant? It isn't always what we're expecting. God's, God's aim isn't always just to give us what we're asking for like that. I think that for a lot of us, maybe we feel like we're not good enough. Maybe we feel like, you know, oh, I haven't prayed much recently. Like, maybe God won't listen to me. Maybe, maybe you know, I, I've got that thing going on in my life and I, I'm actually not worthy to come to God right now. How could I expect him to do that for me when I can't even do la, la, and la, right? Like, I think that sometimes we feel like we're not good enough. <clears throat> I think uh, maybe for you, um, as, as humans, <laughs> this is a human problem, we love our independence. Yeah, we love to control what we can. We love predictability. But when we're praying, we're essentially saying, like, God, I, I, can't, I can't do this in my own strength. I don't know what to do. I can't control this situation. I need your help. And when we do that, we, in that moment, we give up our independence to him. And I think so often maybe we don't like the fact that we can't control it and we don't like giving up our independence to him. 
And I think another reason, and probably this, is, this would be for me, this is probably the main reason that I would find, and I think I'll find a lot of people in here today that um, would feel the same, is that life gets busy, right? Life gets busy. We're running like, like a race car and we don't stop, <laughs> okay? And, but the thing about that is that prayer can then become what feels like an interruption yeah. in our lives. Instead of being something that fuels us, it seems like something that's stopping us. But I love um, a book that Bill Hybels wrote, and if you want to find out more about prayer, I'd encourage you to get your hands on it. But I love the title of it. It's called Too Busy Not to Pray. And I love that perspective because it's saying, you know what, you're busy, but you're actually too busy not to pray. You see, yes, the disciples recognised the importance of prayer, but more than that, there was something about it that led them to have a really healthy prayer life. There was something about it because in Acts, it says that they devoted themselves to prayer. They didn't just do it from time to time. They devoted themselves to prayer. You know, I think prayer looks like something. Yeah. If there's any English teachers in the room, I apologise if this is incorrect because I've not looked at verbs and nouns and all those things in, um, you know, uh, for, for quite a while. But I believe that to pray is a verb, right? It's a doing word. It's an action word. It's something that we do. Prayer is supposed to look like something. And if we look at James 5, and it's going to come up on the screens... In James 5, verse 13 to 15, it says this. It says, Is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing praise. Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the one who is sick and the Lord will raise him up. Now, I want you to notice about this. It doesn't say, Is anyone among you suffering? Continue to wallow in your suffering. It doesn't say that. It says... Let him pray. It's an actionable thing. It's something that we do. It doesn't say, is anyone among you suffering? Ask someone and then they'll say, I'll pray, but I won't actually pray. Uh, no, it says, let him pray. It, it actually means we have to do something. It's, action, it's an actionable item. And so even, yeah, James, the way that he, that he sets this, it's an instruction to pray. I don't know if um, anyone else has ever been to, uh, been to a cafe with a friend and... You're sitting there and the water comes out and so you both pour your water and you order your coffees and then your coffee comes and then you drink your coffees and then when your coffee's gone, you look over at your friend and you realise that they haven't had a sip of their water and they haven't had a sip of their coffee. Like everything is still completely full. Has it, I maybe it's just me, but there are some people that sometimes I catch up with and it seems like their coffee's full and I realise at that moment that the reason that their coffee's full is because I haven't said a word and they've been talking the whole time, <laughs> right? Prayer can look like many things, but I think often what it looks like is this. Sometimes we are so busy talking that God's coffee's empty, we're sitting there having a coffee date with God and his coffee's empty and we haven't even touched ours because we speak and we speak and we speak. The thing is, is that the definition of a conversation requires two or more people, right? So we can say, oh, yeah, I chat to myself, have a conversation with myself all the time. By the definition of a conversation, you can't have a conversation with yourself. But so often our prayers seem like that, where we just speak, we speak, and we speak. The thing is, is that when it comes to God, we're not called just to speak. And yes, God cares about the details. He wants us to speak to him. He wants us to tell him what's going on. He wants that from us. Okay, so please never feel like you can't tell him what's going on because he wants to have a relationship with you and he's the best person to go to. Okay, but when it comes to God, 
We're called to wait, to listen, and then to speak. And then to wait, and then to listen, and then to speak. And then to wait, and then to listen, and then to speak, not just speak. Right? The thing is, God already knows everything. So tell him about it. Tell him. Please do. But he already knows. And I think that we would be so much wiser to have, the full, to have uh, an empty coffee and let God have the full one because we're so busy listening to what he's saying and listening to the wisdom that he has about our situation that we're the ones just sitting there like, yep, 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 keep talking, keep talking. Yeah, please, please keep going. Like, that's good. Okay, so if we are actually sitting for long enough to, to be able to wait and to listen to him, I think that we will feel like we are getting a lot more out of our prayers. Worse yet, um, sometimes I think we can, prayer can look like this where going back to the coffee date, um, you catch up with a friend um, because there's a situation in your life that you've been trying to fix, right? Maybe uh, you're not the best electrician and you invite your friend to have a coffee with you who's an electrician um, and then you just happen to drop the fact that none of the lights are working and really the only reason that you've called them for the first time in three months is because you want them to come over, right? Now, this is what I call a sporadic catch-up for the need of getting something out of someone. But how often do we do that to God? We're like, oh, I'll hang out with you now, but can you do this for me? Okay, I'll see you in a couple of months. Like, thanks so much. Um, the other thing is, uh, I think that we can so often do, um, is have you ever asked someone a question and then, or they, sorry, they've asked you a question. Let's go this way. They've asked you a question, but then they turn around and you try to answer the question. You're like, what? But you just asked and, and then they're walking off and you're like, I'm trying to answer your Okay, I suppose you didn't want to know the answer. That's fine. How often do we do that with God? You know, in a social context, we would just call that rude. <laughs> like, but when it comes to God, so often we ask him a question, but then we turn around and we don't listen for the response, right? So we need to remember that when it comes to prayer, we need to wait, we need to listen and speak, and then wait, and then listen, and then speak. You know, I um, did gymnastics as a child and I, uh, I did it for about 10 years of my life. Um, unfortunately, the strength and the flexibility that came along with that are long gone. Um, I promised, I vowed to myself that I would keep it up and it just did not happen. But at the time, um, that I was learning a skill and the skill is called a kip. Now, I was trying when I was um, practicing through my message to work out how to explain a kip to you and like you kind of jump and you like swing and I realised I was going to get nowhere so I have a picture for us um, to help with this. Now the kip, okay, is it's a very basic skill in a sense. If you've ever watched the Olympics or anything, you'll, you'll see them do this. It's one of the skills that you learn when you're quite young um, because it's really a basic skill in a bars routine. Now even though it's a basic skill, it is so hard to learn. Like, I honestly think it probably, the process probably took me at least a year. I don't think I worked, like, I think I worked harder at learning a kip than my year 12 and uni, like, <laughs> ever in my life, right? Now, so, I was so excited the day that I got my kip. But the thing about this is, I was doing gymnastics three times a week, okay? And we, like, did 10 hours of training every week from the age of about eight, right? Now, this kip still took me about a year to learn. Because, because it was an area, it was a skill that I was wanting to gain because I knew it would benefit me later on, I was willing to put in this time and I was willing to put in the practice to do it. If you want to improve in an area and a skill, you need to put in time, you need to put in practice and you need to do it over a, t over a period of time. You know, prayer is the same. Prayer is an area that 
you know, if we, put in, if we put in effort over time, then we're going to be able to improve in that area. You know, I think that some people um, feel like that looks like an hour every morning and an hour every night. In fact, why even have a job? Just, just, just pray. I think, you know, I think that sometimes we get caught up in this, oh, to be spiritual, I need to spend an hour in prayer every morning and it has to be, the hours, be between the hours of five and six, right? Like, it's, there's no set... That, that, that set time doesn't exist. And please, if that works for you, awesome. Like if, that is, if that's something that for you, um, that you do and that that's, uh, that's helpful for you, then please do that. But I want to encourage you today that for people who have tried that and maybe you've gone, oh, it's just, it's too hard. Like why even try? Please don't feel like you need to be able to do that to have a relationship with God. Please don't feel like you need to do that to be able to improve in your prayer life. The other thing that it can sometimes um, seem like it might need to look like is the long, complicated prayers. Yeah, <laughs> like, oh, that person prayed a really long prayer. They must be super holy. They, I think that sometimes we can fall into that trap. But Jesus even said when the disciples asked how to pray, he even said, don't go on babbling like the pagans do. Right? He said, don't go on babbling. He doesn't want us to talk to him in some complicated language to try and impress him. Right? He, we don't need to impress him in that sense. We just talk to him as we would talk to a friend. We talk to him in our normal day language. You don't need to study your dictionary before you pray. We can just talk to him as we are and come as we are. We, um, we're all made differently, right? We're all made differently and God made us that way. He's, he created us. He created us differently. And so it makes sense that all of us may relate to him in a different way. Right, And I think it's so good to have conversation, it's so good to talk with him, but maybe for you, going out in nature is going to help with that. Maybe for you, sitting in a room by yourself with some music on is going to help for that. But that may not help for the person next to you. Right? Maybe for you, just talking out loud is good. Or maybe for you, writing is good. Personally, I find writing is one of the best things that I can do. Because we are all made differently. So work out what works for you. Ben actually did, um, Pastor Ben did a message, um, I think it was towards the start of last year, but if you can't find it, I'm happy to help you find it. It's called How to Find Your Way. So how to find your way. And in that message, he talks a lot about um, how you can tap into the way that you relate to God. And I'd encourage you, if this is something that you're not sure how you do relate to God, because obviously to hear his voice, like to be able to follow him, we need to hear his voice, right? So if you want to look more into that, I'd encourage you to actually look up that sermon um, and maybe just pray into that um, a bit as well in your own time. So when you work out what works for you, then do it frequently, yeah? Consistency is better than bursts. So, you know, if you think about studying for an exam or even exercise, if you just go, 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 like just say you exercise and you go for a run every day for two weeks, in a year you're not going to be reaping the benefits of that, yeah? If you study for an exam the week before, you might pass the exam but ask you two months later, you've got no idea what the topic was about, yeah? In pretty much every area of life, consistency is better than bursts. It's not so much... Um, it's not so much about the structure as, in, as, you know, it's not the rigidity of the structure, like I must do this and this day and this day and this time. Oh no, I missed a day. But it's actually about cultivating that heart. It's about cultivating that heart for prayer and a lifestyle of prayer. Right. I want you to, um, to picture someone, I want you to picture maybe a couple of people that you would speak to on a fairly regular basis. 
So, you know, maybe it's family, maybe it's friends um, that you'd speak to on a fairly regular basis. And now I want you to imagine their names on a list, okay? And you've got a tick box next to, next to each of their names. Can you imagine if each day you went to your tick box and you're like, all right, I spoke to my husband today. Okay, I spoke to my mum today. And you tick them off and you're like, good, that's done. Yeah, how often do we do that where we're like, all right, I've, I've had my God time today. Oh, I read my Bible. And we treat God so often like a tick box. But the thing about prayer is it isn't a tick box. It's actually a lifestyle. Now, please hear me. The, the goal from today isn't to make you feel overwhelmed and go, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? It's not to create, like, for us all to be the most incredible prayer warriors the world has ever seen by the end of the day. You know, but what the, what the goal, what our goal should be is just to, just to increase our prayer life, just little by little. Prayer isn't a tick box, it's a lifestyle. In fact, the Bible says in 1 Thessalonians 5, uh, verse 16 to 18, it's going to come on the screen so we can all see it. And it says this, Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Prayer is constant. right? How many people have heard this before and they've been like, pray without ceasing? That's weird. Like, again, do I just quit my job and I pray all day? Like, how does one pray without ceasing? That just sounds weird. That sounds hard. And I think when we think through our lens, through our method of prayer, where we talk, 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 yeah, it does sound weird. Because it's like, do I sit there and talk all day? Like, how does that work? But when we remember that prayer is also waiting and listening and speaking, I think that it's easier to fit into our mindset of how do we go about praying without ceasing. See, it's really just mentally having an attitude of prayerfulness. It's about having a personal relationship with God. It's about being open for him to prompt you throughout the day. It's about asking him into the situations and the circumstances. When you walk into work and maybe the boss is, you're scared of what the boss is going to say, it's asking him to be with you in that moment and being aware that he is there. See, we have a God that is everywhere. Right? So he is always with you. And I think praying without ceasing means actually being aware of his presence, actually being aware of him with, with you throughout the day and relying on him and being ready to hear his voice. You see, when we pray, instead of focusing what's right in front of us, we're able to open our mind to connecting to, etern- to eternity, right? We take our mind off the temporary and we focus on something that's eternal, which is God. And I think that when we do this, it's so powerful because instead of becoming so aware of the list of the things that we lack, we become so much more aware of who our God is. We become so much more aware of his promises. The more time we spend in prayer, the more aware we become of who our God is and what he's done for us. Ben preached a message um, a, a little while ago, but he said this. He said, prayer isn't to bend God to our will. It's to bend us to God's will. Yeah, Prayer refines us. It renews us. And, uh, you know, in Romans 12, 2, it's going to come on the screen. It says, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. And then our next one, in 2 Corinthians, it says, So we do not lose heart. Though our outer self is wasting away, our inner self is being renewed day by day. We are called to be renewed day by day. We are called to, um, ref- to be refined day by day because when we pray, we become more spiritually aware. I kind of think of it like this. You know when you look at a word and you know that it's spelt wrong? 
because you've learned the word and you're like, something just looks off. Like, something just looks funny, right? It's kind of the same with people's character. So when you get to know someone, you learn who someone is, you can tell when something's off. Well, when it comes to God, when you spend time getting to know who he is, when you spend time getting to know his character, you, you know when something's off. You know when something doesn't seem right. And through that, we're able to discern what is God's will and what is not. What is God speaking to me and what is not? But it comes through relationship and it comes through getting to know his character. If I, um, <laughs> if I said to people today, like, who doesn't want God to move in their situation? I honestly, I don't think there would be a single person that would say, oh, I don't, like, I'm, I'm actually good struggling, that's fine. You know, I, no one's going to say that because we all have things that we're going through and we all have things that um, we're asking God for. The thing is when we don't pray and when we live a, um, a life of prayerlessness, we cut ourselves off from God's prevailing power. We cut ourselves off from his power in our lives and we often end up feeling overwhelmed we feel overrun, we feel defeated, we feel deflated and burnt out. You see, the trouble is, is that so many people settle for this. So many people settle for that as this is just the way that it is. But prayer is the key to unlocking God's prevailing power in your life. Don't settle for less. Prayer precedes revival. Bill Hybel said this in his book. He said, when we work, we work. But when we pray, God works right? In Exodus 17, we're going to look at um, a story that I think shows this so well. And it's a story, um, it's a story uh, of Moses. And so we're going to have a look at that story starting Exodus 17. It says, then Amalek came and fought with Israel at Rephidim. So Moses said to Joshua, choose for us men and go out and fight with Amalek. Tomorrow I will stand on top of the hill with the staff of God in my hand. So Joshua did as Moses told him and fought with Amalek while Moses Aaron and her went up to the top of the hill. Whenever Moses held up his hand, Israel prevailed. And whenever he lowered his hand, Amalek prevailed. But Moses' hands grew weary. So they took a stone and they put it under him and he sat on it, while Aaron and her held up his hands, one on one, one on one side and the other on the other side. So his hands were steady until the going down of the sun and Joshua overwhelmed Amalek and his people with the sword. You know, I find this an incredible story because it's so clearly not Moses' power that brought the breakthrough, that brought, you know, that brought the victory, but it was the power of God. The thing is, is that Moses didn't look and go, oh, it's all looking a little bit like I'm tired, my arms are falling, and we're starting to lose, like maybe this isn't what God said, things don't look like what I thought they were meant to. We've got to remember he's in the middle of this. We know the end, but he was in the middle. And when he, when he looked at that, he didn't go, oh no, we're losing, we're going to lose. He said, I need to, like this isn't in my power, it's in God's power, and I need to raise my hands, and I need to step into what he has for me. You see, it wasn't in Moses' power, but God had promised something, so he, he partnered with that, right? He partnered with that and he prayed. I love what Nathan was saying earlier about, um, about focusing on what you're taking hold of rather than what you're letting go of. Bill Heibel said this in his book. He said, um, focus, faith comes from focusing on God rather than focusing on the mountain. Yeah, and I think that that's what Moses did. He focused on God. He didn't focus on the mountain. And when we pray, we focus on God. We don't focus on the mountain. You see, if, God, if it's in God's will and he has promised that to you, 
then it's already yours. It's just about the, the, the process of him refining us, of him leading us, of him guiding us into what he already has for us and stepping into the realisation of that. We're going to um, go back into James 5. We're going to pick up from where we left off and I want you to notice the bit that I have highlighted for us. Okay, so it says, And if you committed sins and will be forgiven, therefore confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. Awesome. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. Elijah was a, with a man, uh, Elijah was a man with a nature like ours and he prayed fervently that, he, that it might not rain. And for three years and six months it did not rain on the earth and then he prayed again and heaven gave rain and earth bore its fruit. See, Elijah and Moses were people just like us. The only thing is, is that we have the authority of Jesus in our lives because Jesus died on the cross and because of what Jesus did, as Ben was saying earlier, because Jesus died on the cross, he had lived a perfect life, but he died for our sins and he rose again, which means that the perfect life that Jesus lived, it now sits on you. God sees us with the perfect life that Jesus lived, not because of what we did, but because of what he did. And even though sometimes we might not feel good enough, really, I mean, we're not, but because of what Jesus did, he makes us good enough. He makes us righteous. And so we are seen with the righteousness of Christ, which means that whether you have never prayed a prayer in your life or whether you've prayed every day for a hundred years, okay, no matter what, if you would call Jesus your Lord and Saviour, you are being made righteous and your powers have prayers. Your, powers have pr- your, your prayer has power, right? You know, we all have authority through what Jesus has done. And when we pray, the power, his power, it's revealed through our prayers. And we're actually able to exercise the spiritual authority that we've been given. We're actually able to step into, you know what? Jesus is victorious. He defeated the cross. He defeated sin. He defeated death. He defeated the enemy and he has no hold over my life. So that means that we step into the spiritual authority that has been bought by the cross, by what Jesus did for us. So the question is, what does it look like from here? Because we can talk about prayer as much as we want, but if we don't actually do something, it doesn't look like anything. So what does it look like for you and what can you do? I'd encourage you to work out what's your roadblock. Is it that you feel too busy? Is it that you don't feel you're good enough? Maybe it's something else for you, but I'd encourage you to work out what is your roadblock? What is stopping you? And then find a strategy that works for you. So maybe it's looking up Ben's message, how to find your way and looking into that. Maybe it's researching different ways that people connect with God. Maybe it's trying a few different ways and seeing what works for you. But find a strategy that works for you and then do it often. You need to prioritise it and then create space for it. It's not about becoming the world's greatest spiritual warrior overnight. Start with a few minutes if that's where you need to start. Just one-up it and then one-up it and then one up it, okay? Just start small and just build on that because at least if you're starting, then you're starting to cultivate the heart for that and you're growing closer to him and incredible things will come from that. (coughs) Remember to wait and listen and to leave the conversation open. So when you leave, it's not amen and catch you later, God, I'll, I'll chat to you tonight before I go to sleep. It's leaving the conversation open. God, how do you want me to love someone today? God, will you show me, will you speak to me today as I go into my workplace? Will you prompt me, help me to see, to acknowledge you in in what I'm doing today? 
and then get around people that pray. You know, one thing that I notice about the disciples and in the letters is they always say, pray for us, right? Even in the story that we just read about Moses, he wasn't doing it alone. He had two people either side that held up his hands. I don't think that we're meant to do life alone. I think we're meant to do it in community. And the prayer of the righteous have power. So your prayer has power, but so do the people around you. So as people are praying, the more people that are praying, there is so much power in that there's, pray, there's power in community. So please do not do life solo. Do not do life on your own. Get in a community. Whether it's this one or another one, get in community and do life with other people. Get around people that pray. Maybe it's going to Monday night prayer meeting. We have that here every week. Maybe it's getting in a small group. But do something. So I'm going to get everyone to stand. Hey, thanks for listening to the Activate Church weekly podcast. We hope you are encouraged today and we would love to see you at one of our services. So to connect further with us, head over to activatechurch.com.